Is sport out of politics? Why did Ukraine decide to prohibit its athletes from participating in competitions where Russians participate? You're listening to the Solutions from Ukraine podcast, which is brought to you by the Rubrica Media Outlet. My name is Vladislav Faraponov. I'm the co-host of this podcast. I'm happy to be joined by my colleague Anastasia Rodenka, who is editor-in-chief of the independent all-Ukrainian Rubrica Media Outlet. And before we start, let me remind you that you can support us at Patreon, at patreon.com rubrica. After you join us at Patreon, you'll be able to send questions that we address in this podcast, and uh, uh, also you can get a merch uh, of Rubrica. So hello, Nastya, and uh, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. So today we'll talk about the the decision of uh, Ukraine's uh, authorities um, uh, to prohibit its athletes from participating uh, in uh, the competitions uh, where actually Russians uh, are, are going to participate as well. And um, why did Kyiv make such a, a decision, Nastya? Well, first of all, this is a case when numbers matter. 262 Ukrainian athletes have already died, and more than 350 sports facilities have been destroyed. And it is only on Ukraine-controlled lands. There are many more in occupied territories. We just don't know the exact numbers. Another problem uh, is uh, with the International Olympic Committee. So after the first anniversary of the full-scale war on uh, March uh, 28 this year, uh, it recommended uh, that international sport federations allow athletes from Russia and Belarus to compete in tournaments uh, arranged by uh, the International Olympic Committee. But on February 28 last year, uh, right after the beginning of, um, of a full-scale uh, war, in response to the appeal of uh, Ukrainian athletes, the International Olympic Committee recommended that Russians and, and Belarusians uh, are not allowed to participate in international competitions. Yes, this is an unprecedented and not expected development in our view, as it is asked after Bucha, Kherson, Mariupol and others constant shelling, torture, rape and kidnapping of our children. Yes, so in particular the president of the International Olympic Committee, Thomas Bach, named six conditions under which Russians and, and Belarusian athletes are allowed to compete. So they are not allowed uh, to use uh, their, uh, their flags, so like literally Uh, they should be uh, represent kind of uh, um, a neutral team and um, those athletes uh, and personnel actively supporting the war uh, they are not allowed to participate as well uh, those athletes who have contracts uh, with the Russian or Belarusian armies uh, cannot compete as well and others uh, and uh, like uh, only the the last point is about sanctions that they should remain um, in place and um, and others and what is the result of it 
after that, uh, the International Sport uh, Federations of Table Tennis, of Taekwondo and uh, Wrestling announced the return of Russian and Belarusian athletes uh, to international tournaments. And um, at the beginning of March, for example, the International Fencing uh, Federation also decided to, uh, to get back uh, Russians and Belarusians. So the committee actually proposes to allow Russians and Belarusians to compete under neutral flags. And there are more and more cases of violation of the rule on a white flag. Uh, in January this year, a famous tennis tournament, Australia Open, took place, where Russian athletes were also banned of using their own flag. But their so-called fans have been seen hoisting the Russian flag at the Australian Open. What is worse, the, the Russian flag was seen when Ukrainian players were competing. Uh, luckily, Ukraine's public reaction was fast, uh, as uh, Ukraine's ambassador to Australia, Vasily Mirshenchenko, strongly condemned the public display of the Russian flag during the game of uh, the Ukrainian tennis player Katerina Baindil. In my view, uh, what makes uh, all these conversations special is that we should not... Uh, Forget that um, in February uh, last year, the Russian president uh, actually visited China at the occasion of the Winter Olympic Games. So the plan to attack Ukraine was also discussed uh, there, despite both Russians and Chinese denying the collaboration and any cruel plans. And uh, I recall that like the visit uh, uh, to the Olympics uh, was seen as somehow a gesture that the invasion that was more or less uh, in the air, like, uh, so it was, at least it was seen that it, it, it wasn't a real option uh, uh, for Putin. But uh, then we saw that uh, it was completely the opposite. And let me also remind those who think that sport can unite basically one thing. Only in 2018, South Korea and North Korea were able to, to participate in the Olympics under one flag after the Korean War, which ended in 1953. So it's like, what, uh, 65 years after the end of the war? Obviously, like we're not talking about making one team with Russians, but this example is a great relevance here. And um, basically, sorry for long, uh, for long remark, but uh, it is really important to get a sense of this discussion. By the way, Nastya, how do Ukrainian athletes react to those restrictions and to these discussions uh, about uh, returning Russians uh, to the competitions at all? Yeah, uh, we dig deeper. For example, Ukrainian diver Stanislav Olifrychuk is one of those who unconditionally joined the boycott of competitions with the participation of Russians and uh, or, or Belarusians. Olifrychuk comes from Mariupol. Uh, the Neptune Sports Complex, where he trained, was repaired uh, just before the Russian invasion, but never got a chance to be opened. And uh, the sportsmen uh, had high hopes for, th for these holes, but the Russians destroyed them the same day they destroyed the drama theater building, killing hundreds of civilians who used it as a bomb shelter. 
uh, we will post the link in the description about uh, with more details uh, yeah and um, another reminder about mariupol and this uh, and this uh, basically drama theater is that russians uh, um actually put uh, bombs uh, on it uh, despite uh, the fact that before the theater it was written uh, on the street like it was written дети which, uh, which means children uh, so they knew that children were hiding there and they threw the bomb uh, over there but uh, of course for ukrainian sportsmen uh, for whom the, the, the preparation for such competition is a big mission f- of their life uh, of course uh, such boycotts and such decisions uh, impacted a lot yeah uh, but uh, it's important uh, because uh, such uh, narrative is not only damaging uh, It is really the first step, uh, like uh, to business as usual. Yeah, and uh, like uh, it, it may seem uh, at a first glance uh, the conversation about sport, but uh, it is definitely not just about sport. As Nasya um, just told, uh, it also in our view it also uh, basically jeopardizes support for Ukraine. And uh, it has also an, a, real, a really significant impact on the discussions of sanctions, on the discussion of, of getting Russians out of uh, international organizations. Again, it's, it's not just about uh, sport. It is just uh, one example, one dimension of this discussion. And um, uh, in this story that uh, we are referencing uh, to right now, Actually, Bogdan Nikishin, for example, the Olympian and senior coach of the Ukrainian uh, national fencing team, uh, told Rubrika that he is um, outraged by the statements of, uh, of the Russian Olympic Committee regarding equal conditions for athletes of all countries. And uh, um, again, as, uh, as Nastya has rightly mentioned, They destroyed uh, Ukrainian sport facilities, killed athletes, uh, and now they tell everyone uh, that uh, everyone should be in the same conditions. Uh, and uh, of course, um, it's impossible to talk about equality uh, with uh, with uh, with Russians, and uh, not to mention even a chance of uh, a Ukrainian athletes uh, competing uh, uh, with Russians on the same uh, uh, on the same court on the same place uh, and uh, basically not to mention some possible provocations uh, over there it can be either from athletes or fans uh, so also the athletes and coach uh, share with uh, journalists of our team that ukrainian athletes receive support and sympathy from colleagues from france germany italy usa uh, however when there is a question about specific actions for example boycotting competitions with the participation of 
yeah, our enemies, Russians and Belarusians, in this war, they will do what the leaders of their federations or states tell them. Yeah, and uh, it is again uh, proves the importance of, of, of this discussion to understand the context, uh, especially. And uh, also there are some examples uh, that can uh, be a, a sort of inspiration for uh, for Ukrainians and those who who support Ukraine. Um, uh, it deals with the federation of uh, of uh, judo. Uh, actually, we have to admit that uh, the Russian influence on individual federations in this kind of sport, uh, uh, especially such as the International Judo Federation, remains quite high because some companies like Gazprom and Rosneft they have been sponsors of the um, of this federation uh, for many years uh, but uh, the ukrainian team the ukrainian federation overcame this influence uh, last year uh, so uh, last year the international olympic committee that uh, we have talked about at the beginning uh, it uh, somehow lifted some technical uh, requirements for Russians uh, and they were they were literally allowed to compete in uh, a competition in Mongolia and Ukraine said it would not participate uh, in this case uh, and uh, literally the competition uh, uh, was held without Russians because uh, because Ukrainians actually have been protesting um, about this uh, unfair uh, treatment, unfair um, uh, competition, and um, so only after the Russians were officially suspended uh, uh, from this competition, the Ukrainian team uh, was uh, about to start the, the preparation for these competitions. Yes, Ukrainian athletes missed three Olympic uh, qualifications tournaments, they lost some rating points, but uh, their uh, the final goal was uh, achieved and uh, some athletes, uh, uh, they are really proud of that, uh, that they showed character, they showed strength and uh, like uh, they continue uh, to, to represent Ukraine without any damage uh, to, to Ukrainian support and, and, then, uh, and they even advocated for more support to Ukraine. Yes, uh, rubrica is about solutions, even the uh, full-scale war. So uh, let uh, we described and uh, explained um, the contexts uh, and some examples. Uh, so uh, let us suggest how can we keep fighting? How can you help to uh, change the situation? So. Please actively interact with international sports federations. Uh, maybe share this podcast and your own thoughts about it uh, in social media. Expose Russian and Belarusian athletes who are involved in the security forces of the Russian Federation and the Republic of Belarus. And participate in public campaigns to boycott Russian and Belarusian athletes in the international arena. Uh, right, and we have seen that there are no uh, really neutral Russians and Belarusians, especially given the fact that Putin said he would transfer some nuclear uh, weapons to Belarus, which is not legal as Belarus has not signed, for example, any treaty that allows placing uh, nukes in Belarus. So 
uh, while Russians claim their athletes are innocent and they uh, they have been talking about equal uh, treatment, uh, they are just trying to basically divert attention from other issues. So stay with us and support us at Patreon. It will help us produce more independent podcasting and reporting to you, which will result in more help for Ukraine to win this hard but important war.